what a, what a privilege to stand up here. Man, I saw people praying together. It was awesome. Man, what a day. What a way to start the year. And I love these new seats. I will just warn you, we'll be putting some signs on these front seats. Have you guys ever been to a water park and it says, or, a, you know, one of the, like, splash zone? You guys are going to be in the splash zone, I'm just telling you. Between Greg and I spitting, you guys might come out of here with a new hairdo. I'm just, just be careful. Man, my name is Tony. It's, it's such a privilege to be up here in front of you today uh, to bring God's word to you and just kind of set the tone maybe for this year, hopefully. Uh, and I can't believe it. I mean, uh, we've made it to the year 2023. Can you got 2023. Now, every year we get closer to what I say is the Jetson time, right? It's like, if you're, if you're a little bit older, if you haven't seen the Jetsons, if you're younger, go find it because it's awesome. Because it, what it did is it depicted the future and it showed us that we should have flying cars. And until this week, I thought, I was like, man, we're behind times because we're not, we don't have flying cars. I'm not living in clouds. I don't have a robot made. And I, I got to look in and actually, there's some hope because you know why? Jetsons was set in 2062. Can you believe that? We've got 39 more years, people. That is hope, right? Now, in 39 years, I'm going to be 85. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing pretty well because I exercise a lot, and I, I've got this new, like, I'm going to be a gladiator type guy by the end of the year with my New Year's resolution. What? That wasn't a joke. No, I'm going to be 85, and there's going to be so many advances uh, for the follically challenged that by that time, I'm going to have a lot of hair up here. Like, when I'm 85 up here preaching, it's going to be down to here and flowing. Yeah, it'll be like my beard. So. But, but seriously, you guys made it through 2022. Give yourselves a hand. Come on, 2022, you made it. And I'm sure if any of you are like me over the last week and, and maybe even into this coming week, you kind of, you, you take a look and you kind of assess, like, what happened last year? And, and maybe, maybe you had a, a year like mine. I had a lot of big transitions. My daughter went to college. Uh, my 25th wedding anniversary, kind of a big deal. Uh, my wife got a, a new job, a promotion. And, I mean, on the sad side of things, one of the hurtful things uh, that happened last year is uh, my son outgrew me. My 13-year-old son is now taller than me, all right? Maybe you had a year like that. Maybe you had a, a year filled with joy, a new baby, perhaps, right? New relationship. Uh, maybe even last year was a year that you started your walk with Jesus Christ, right? What a great year, and that's awesome. But maybe you had a year that maybe wasn't so great. Maybe you had a year with some pain. Maybe you lost a loved one or... Or maybe you lost a relationship. Maybe a lost job. Maybe deals falling through. Maybe people disappointing you throughout the year. Maybe that's how you look back at the year. Maybe it was a tough year financially. Maybe you're just, you're just scraping by. You're just, you feel like you're clawing your way through every paycheck. Maybe that, that great big retirement that you thought was going to happen. Maybe, they, maybe you lost a little of that in the stock market. Man, I'm sure there's hundreds and, and hundreds of more different situations and things that have occurred in your life over the last year. 
And it's good to look back and evaluate those. It's, it's good to look back. It's good to look back and say, where, where did God show up in my life? And I'd encourage you over the next, maybe tonight as you sit down as a family or maybe over the next week as you meet with your community teams, think about, man, how did God show up in 2022? In the Old Testament, they did that. They called them milestones. The, uh, the Israelites, whenever they crossed the river into the promised land, they were told to put these stones so that they would always remember how God impacted their lives. And I encourage you to do that during this time. Now, as we processed through the last year and we kind of look forward into the year to come, we want to take time as a church and really pause and assess the idols in our hearts as we begin this new year. So if you've been with us, you know that we just wrapped up a, a series um, about God's church, awesome series. If you missed any, or if you, I, I'd encourage you to go back and listen again. It's all on podcast on our website there. We looked at what it really means to be the people of God, right? Now you combine that series with the excitement of a new year, a new opportunity, and we think it's really a time to, to slow down, not just rush right into this next year to slow down and take a look at three other gods or idols that may pull our excitement and our focus off course as we get into this new year. Now, what that looks like, these trinity of false gods or idols are work or busyness. Anybody, anybody uh, with me on that one? Our comfort and money. These are three things that we're going to look at over the next few weeks before we start a, a great series in Matthew after that. Now, today, we're going to look at this false god of, of work and, and busyness. Now, you may not see this as a false god or an idol in your life, but how many of you were just standing around? I bet this conversation happened, and I've, I've had it a, a bunch of times. Somebody comes up to you, and they say, well, how things are going? How, how are things going? And you say, oh, good, but thank you. It's like you read my message. It's busy, right? How many people, how many people just a minute ago said, how is it going? Oh, it's good, but it's, it's busy, right? And if you're saying that you don't say that, I've talked to many of you, and you're lying right now, all right? Good, but ah, just busy. A lot of busy. Got a lot of things going on. So if you're consistently saying that week after week, so busy, 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 you might have an idol in your life that's pulling you away. And if I were to ask your kids, well, how, how are your parents when they get home from either work or from all the things, all the running around, wh what would they say to you? Or what would they say about you? They, would they say, oh, yeah, he's to they're totally joyful when they get home from a busy day, right? Excited to see them. I mean, you just can't wait to get, grab those kids and just, I love you, kid, right? Or are you tired? Are you ornery? Do you fantasize sometimes about just getting away from your job? Like, ah, uh, just, man, if I could get out of here. Or maybe you fantasize all the time about getting on vacation. Like, if I could just get away for a little bit. If I could just go here or go there. This may surprise you, but it's, it's not supposed to be that way. You're not meant to feel like a wrung out rag, like constantly being twisted and pulled. You're not meant to be in a constant state of exhaustion and sleeplessness. You're not meant to rush from one thing to another to another to another till the point where you just get to bed and you fall into bed. 
And you're not meant to work seven days a week. God designed you for this thing that we call rest. Now, if any of you know me very well, which some of you do, you're either secretly or based on some of your faces, not so secretly scoffing at the idea of Tony Mong bringing you this message. Anybody? Go ahead. Raise. No, don't raise your hand. I know there's a bunch of you like, man, really, Tony, you're, you, you have such a hard time, it seems like, practicing this idea of rest. And you're going to stand up there and you're going to tell us we need to do it? Obviously. One, God's humor and, and love is amazing in this. He's got me up here. And really what I think it shows is that he cares for each of us really on a personal level. As I am basically preaching to myself today, and you guys get to listen in because I need this, but I talk to so many of you, and I know many of you need this as well. So today, let's look at this idea of work and rest in the context of both physical and spiritual rest. And so we're going to look at physical rest. Is it really necessary? Where does that come from? Secondly, we're going to look at what physical rest really looks like, some practical ideas. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about how spiritual rest is the real answer. So if you're not already sleeping, feel free to close your eyes because I want you guys to just think about last year. I want you to kind of run through last year in your mind and just take that time right now. Just think about last year. Think about all the things work and all its related activities, school and all its related activities. Think about the other commitments outside of those. Think about sports that you had to go to, dances, dance uh, practices, band concerts and practices, sports, church activities, community team meetings, bingo night, ladies game night, equipping courses, morning coffees, cleanup days, daily devoting, counseling biblically. Being authentic. Oh, we can't leave out social media, right? Now, if you're not sleeping, go ahead and open those eyes back up. And what did that, did, did that feel a little, ang- like you got a little anxiety in you? And this list is not even all that inclusive, and it ends up being pretty extensive, right? We're a busy people, and this isn't all bad. We were made for work and ministry, Let's look back and let's see right at the beginning in Genesis. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Psalm 90, 17 says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Proverbs makes it clear in several different places. In 12, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 11, whoever works this la- his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. 1423 Proverbs, in all toil or work, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. And finally, Proverbs 13 says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. And even in the New Testament, we see Paul talking to the Thessalonians, and he says, for even when we were with you, We would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So we see that we were were made for work, 
So that, that's what's inside of us. That's what's dry, driving us. And work is good. But rest is good as well. Excuse me. God rested. In Genesis, again, we see, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because of it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Did he need to rest? No. I mean, he, he created everything. He is all-powerful. So why did he do it? He's, to put it in a simple way, he wanted to set an example for us. He designed us to rest like he rested. But he knows kind of, you know, how we are. We're, we don't really figure things out. So in, in addition to being like, look, I'm resting. You should rest as well. He commanded it. In Deuteronomy, we see it says, as, as one of the Ten commandments, commandments, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Man, he designed us. He knows that we have a drive inside of us to work and to work hard. And he knew that as we got into 2022 and 2023, there are all these things that are going to take your mind and, yeah, I can go do this. Oh, hey, let me go do this. What about this over here? And as you look at me up here, you're like, yeah, Tony, that's you. Pew, 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 pew. My wife is laughing very hard. Ping pong. There's all these things, and he knew that. And he knew that because of our brokenness due to sin, we can tend, tend to work ourselves into a frenzy, and it ultimately is not good for us. In doing so, we are robbed of our ability to have true peace. We're robbed in our ability to truly serve him, and we're robbed in our ability to glorify him. And really, Jesus modeled this both, both of these things really well, and we will see that uh, lived out in our eyes in, in Mark today. So if you want to take, if you've got a Bible, turn to Mark. We're going to go to chapter 6. And we're going to start in verses 7 thir uh, through 13, and then we're going to skip down to verses 30 uh, through 32 here in a second. But let's start in verse 7, and let's see what, how Jesus deals with this work and rest situation. In verse 7, starting in verse 7, he said, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Now some form of this story is in all the Gospels, and it's a quintessential, it's a turning point for the disciples, right? The disciples up to this point, they've been learning, like just, just taking it in from Jesus. And here we see Jesus say, now go and do and work for me, Right? And so we could spend just a ton of time in that, and I, I'm sure we will whenever we get into our Matthew series. But for today, see that the work Jesus assigns to the apostle, what is that work that he assigns? To go and work for the kingdom. It's got to be good because Jesus proclaimed it, and he told these guys to go do it. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, but, 
Tony, I'm, you know, I'm not a paid full-time minister, so how is this even relevant to me? He's sending them out two by two to go like cast out demons and, and throw oil on people. And I'm not here healing the sick or I'm not getting paid to proclaim Jesus full-time. If you're saying that, let me ask you this, Christians. When you confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, is that it? Just go about our own business now? The New Testament tells us that our work, no matter what it is, should be for the Lord. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And, for the great, and, and, of course, the great commission from Jesus to all believers is what? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of time, to the end of the age. Man, that last part always gets me. It's like, man, you're with me to the end of the age. We'll come back to it in a second, but... Most are, are not called to full-time ministry, to full-time paid ministry, but we are all sent, right? You come in here on Sundays, and you're sent out. Jesus sends you out into the world to work for him. We all have the opportunity to do exactly what the disciples did, maybe not in terms of casting out demons and only having like one set of sandals right? I know some guys in here, I was going to call out the ladies, but I know some guys that have a shoe problem as well. But our charge is to bring hope to the lost, and that's really what the disciples were told to do, right? And that's exactly what we're told. We're told, go out and bring hope to the world. And that's what we're called to. That's what we're sent out from this place. We gather here, not just now so you can sit in a comfy chair and enjoy your Sunday morning, We bring you here to be sent out. We're all sent out to bring hope to those around us. Now, I know this may overwhelm some of you. Maybe you feel like, really, more more to do? Tony, you're giving me more to do? Not only do I have to get that project done, got to get that thing up on the website, I got to, you know, uh, build a deck or fix the plumbing or whatever, I also have to bring hope to my coworker? Or those that are around me when I'm at practice, if this is your thinking, know that I get it. I mean, my work engulfs me. It takes me. And it, it just blows my mind. I'm like, what else can I add to what I'm already doing? But, but here is what uh, lies a great revelation. For me, and maybe for you, work and busyness is an idol. You see, the paradigm of the Christian is completely upside down. We shouldn't think, I have to work, and then when there's time, I'll go spread some hope to some folks. Because that's what we do, right? That's what the world tells us. I mean, we are who we, what we do, you know, we're work. You see, the paradigm should be this, that we think, I am a disciple maker for Christ, and hey, look, I get to go do that at work. I'm going to say that one more time. Not that I have to work, and then maybe if there's time, I'll I'll be a disciple maker. It starts and stops with, I am a disciple maker, 
And hey, I get to go do that at work. Or hey, I get to go do that at practice. Or hey, I get to go to the grocery store and do that. It's a whole paradigm shift, right? You, I know what you're thinking, but how can I manage that? I don't even know. I, I, I don't think I can add another thing. I'm already too wrung out. And that's where I say, do we need to add or do we need to take away? Right? Here's the fancy illustration for the day. This is your life. Our life is what it is. This is what we have in our lives right now. This is what we have available to us. Now, a lot of times, we'll take something like this, and this is supposed to be God in our lives, the biggest. But a lot of times, what do we put on here? What is this? Work, sports, friends. This is God, right? So if we've, we, we put this in here, let's, let's say we got it right, you know, let's say with it, you're like most people, and that's work. And, and then it's like, well, maybe you got some family, right? Family's pretty important. We should throw family in there. And then, then maybe, then maybe we go with God. And then we put God in here, right? And then, and then well, what about this? What about this other thing at work? Or, or what about these other friends? Or what about other things that we can do? And then we, what do we do? We start jamming these in here. We jam and we're like... I can fit more. I can fit more. And what happens to the cup? It breaks. So what I'm telling you today, friends, is that I'm not asking you to add more. I'm asking you to maybe look at the rocks that are in your life that are filling you up. Are they the right ones? Are your priorities right? Is God in his right place? And if there are other things that you can take out to where you're not breaking your cup, but you're keeping the things that are important, important in your cup, man, that's what we got to do. Life's tough, you know. Living for Christ is not easy. I get that. Jesus knows that. As your maker, your designer and leader, he knows what's required of you. He knows what he, 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 he's, he knows. He sent those guys out two by two because he knew. And, and what happens? Let's skip down to verse 30 and see Jesus' heart for his worn-out disciples, for us. Down in uh, Mark 6.30, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. And rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place, by themselves. Let that sink into your soul. Jesus sends us all out. He knows the work is hard. But what does he do? He brings us back to him and he says, rest a while. And you see here that they, they were busy for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. You want to talk about busy? Now, if my buddy Calvin was in here, he'd say, there's no way work's getting in between me and a sandwich, okay? I get that. There ain't no amount of business that, that'll do that. But I think you, you can see what he's saying here. He's going from, it's basically going from one thing to the next, right? 
well, I got to drop off the kids now. Well, I got to run over here to work, or I got to run over here, get the car taken care of, oil change. I got to run over here. Oh, now I got to do this. I got an email. I got a Zoom call, which I, I love. You know, you got to get on those. Oh, here's another meeting or another thing. Here's a practice. Here's two practices at the same time. We got to get to all the same. How's this? You go over here. I'm going to go over here. And we see in the midst of this, Jesus says to us, come away. Take a break. How awesome is that for us? Jesus came to not only give us directions through his teachings, but also examples of how we should live. He knows that our effectiveness to live for him, to spread the gospel, to make disciples, to find peace and rest in our lives is greatly diminished when we're weary and running and running and running. Does that resonate with anybody? Because I hate just preaching myself. Because it hurts. It does for me. Because when I'm tired, I turn from this gentle, uh, you know, burly beard, Santa Claus looking kind of guy, you know, with the beard and all that. I turn from that into a monster pretty quickly. I definitely don't exude Jesus to those around me. And I'm less likely to disciple or be discipled. Anybody? You see what Jesus does. He recognizes the need for rest, and then he tells us to go rest. How many of you have people in your lives that will actually do that for you? How many of you do that for other people? When you see somebody running so ragged, and they say, good, just busy, and you're like, oh, cool, me too. We'll see you later. No, Jesus said you need to take a break. And when you tell people, or maybe somebody does tell you that, do you listen? I mean, if you knew how many times my wife or others in my life have said, you need to slow down. You're going to hit a wall. You're, you're going too fast. And you know what my re- response it usually entails? It's probably just my response, not yours. But it's like, well, it's not that bad. Ah, it's not that bad. How, how many hours is night? Are you saying? Well, four to five. You know, it's not that bad. But you know the biggest lie? that I like to tell myself and tell others, well, God's really gifted me with the ability to handle more than others. Anybody ever say that? Oh, I'm just gifted. I, whew, I can take on more than anybody else. That is a lie that I tell myself. I have limits. I can't do everything. You have limits. You can't do everything. And neither could the apostles They were the apostles. And Jesus says, come away and rest. Do you and I need to listen to this? I'd say so. But let's not stop there. Let's turn to John real quick. If you got your thumb in Mark, you're not too far. Turn to John chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6. It says, so he, Jesus, came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, what's that word say, at least in my version, wearied, as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus was wearied, showing us that he's fully man and fully God there, just he's wearied. Jesus got tired. And for some, th- some reason, we don't think we need rest. We think we can handle more. God's gifted us with more. We're not wearied. Oh, I'm fine. 
just busy, but I'm fine. When we should be saying, I am busy and broken. Do you see that? Do you see that, friends? Well, now God's got me straightened out on that. Thanks for listening. I feel much better. What does real rest look like? I know when we say rest, but a lot of times when I say rest, I'm like, there's other things to do, right? Oh, yeah, I'm taking the day off. I'm just going to rest. Well, that just means you fill it up with something else. You get a few minutes, bam, here comes the phone. Well, better check out the old something or other, right? Working on maybe the fantasy football team, you know, better, better fix that up. How we normally fill our rest time is probably not restful at all. I'm going to be completely honest. So what are some practical ways that we can start getting centered where we can feel rested? And I really thought, I think it starts with the priorities of what you're putting in your life. What's first, right? Are there things that you can take out that are just an idol that you're chasing maybe to try to build yourself up or build something else up? That's where it starts. But then we can, we, we've got this guidance from the word that's amazing. We can go back to the beginning, back to Genesis, you know, like the Ten Commandments beginning, what we talked about earlier. Work six, take one day off. And that's crazy, right? How, pff, really? Wow, take a day off? That's crazy. Jesus said in, in Mark 2, he says uh, to the guys, he says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Referring to the one day off, it is good for us to take a break. It is helpful. How about that? How, how, how about I take a day, how about we take a day off? Not to work on other things, not to answer uh, the endless string of emails or texts, but to actually rest. Jesus, to his disciples, tells them how to achieve this in a, in a small way. What does he say to the disciples when they're worn out? Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. A desolate place. Now, I know the parents of small children and maybe broody teenagers are like, yes, please, Lord, take me to a desolate place, away from all these crazy kids, right? And now I know you're, you're probably thinking, well, you want me to go away for a to a desolate place for an entire day, Tony? Really? Well, that'd be awesome, but I would say failure is probably in your future if that's what you shoot for. It's like me saying I'm going to look like a gladiator by the end of the year, right? We all know how that's going to end up, right? I'm going to look like this next year, standing up here again, right? But Jesus does say, come away for a while. Get to a desolate place for a while, we don't know how long he meant, but obviously taking time to be in a desolate place with yourself and with the Lord is good. Do you ever get away? Do you ever put your phone up? Do you ever get alone or allow yourself to feel and like you are in a desolate place? Even for an hour, 10 minutes? Spouses, are you helping your spouse get to that place where they can go away and they can be separate and they can find a desolate place to be at? Community team members, are you helping your other community team members get to that place where, like, hey, we're going to take your kids. Why don't you guys go get alone? Go be desolate, right? Rest in our lives is really just a boundary, a boundary that we're going to set up against worldly idols, this worldly idol of busyness, right, that typically steal your joy and not fill you with it. These boundaries... I think that they can really revolve around work, 
around social media. Not that anybody in here has an issue with social media, right? We don't hop on our phones and, and look at, you know, what's going on in Susie Q's house. Or around sports. Tony, how dare you? Or maybe even things like, get ready for this one, hunting. Do you know what I do for a paid job? Like, if Game and Fish was in here, I'd get, oh, one of the commissioners is in here. Maybe we should set up boundaries around this idea of hunting. Maybe that's your idol. Maybe that's what's taking all your time, right? Setting up these boundaries. I'm a game biologist, by the way, if you don't know me, for a Game and Fish. So, all these things, they're not bad things, right? But they're not things that we should be worshiping, that should be taken away from what we have. What if instead of coming up with two to three New Year's new resolutions that we want to do, how about two or three things that we want to take away? Whoa. A New Year's resolution that involves taking things off of your plate. Can you believe that? What if we decided each morning to dedicate some time to Jesus? What if you took time every week to enjoy uh, the Lord for an entire day? What if you invited Jesus on your vacations? (gasps) What if you killed the false gods and idols in your life in 2023? Man, let's do this together. Let's Let's get those priorities. Let's get our cup filled with what we should have. And let's set new boundaries that get us to a real place of rest in 2023. Start with getting to a desolate place in the morning, 15, 30 minutes. Desolate place, nothing around but you and the Lord and rest. Before the craziness of the day starts in, devote yourself to God's truth, to the idol that we are actually called to worship. Then set a boundary of taking that day off every week. That's Sabbath. An actual day away from the worldly idols. A day with family. A day with, like, with your family. A time to reflect, be thankful, look ahead to the next week and pray. Set a boundary and make time for taking in. This, you guys should like stand up and cheer like Tony's saying this. Tony said we should take an annual vacation. Yay, everybody said. An extended time away from the worldly idols, focusing on being in a desolate place away from those worldly idols, resting our bodies, and focusing on our ministry and our mission. Or as Greg would say, don't vacay from Yahweh. He wanted me to say that, and I said, no, that's from Greg, all right? <laughs> don't vacay from Yahweh. Don't, don't take a vacation just to get away from everything and forget about God and be like, this is going to be great. No, you've got to bring him with you. That, that is our source, right? So finally, and this one hits hard for me especially, but set hard starts and stops to your work. Man, that means leaving that idol behind when you're not there. Make it less of who you are and more of just what you do to sustain your life in a place where you can do more ministry, right? If you make these boundaries, think about the boundaries. If you make these and people start seeing this, what is that going to tell the world? Man, we're different. It's going to start screaming at the world, I, I trust your way, my God. I can't do it, but you can. 
I can't do it in six days, but I trust that you can, right? This is for your glory, not mine. And the really big one that flies in the face of all other idols that crop up in my life, our lives, man, I need you, God. I need you. And when people start to see that in our lives, they're going to say, man, there's something different. You're going to be able to minister better. Now, there was a time in my life when I didn't say that. I didn't say, I need you, God. I said, get out of my way, God. I got this. Right? I didn't have faith in Jesus Christ. Go read my story and I'll post stories. You'll see the whole thing. And I was working for the world. That's what I was doing. I was trying to find what I needed through the world and trying to build myself up. But no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many parties or friends that I had, no matter how many drinks I took, no matter how many what I'd call days of rest I took, I never, I never felt rested. I never found peace. But you know, I never, I wasn't going to give up easy, right? I was relentless. Maybe I just, I needed to work a little harder. I needed a different achievement. I needed something on my wall telling me how great I am. Maybe I just needed that one more drink or another friend or uh, another party to go to. Or, or maybe I just needed to get more uh, worldly idols to worship, and that'll bring me what I want, right? But it only thing, made things worse and worse. More and more, I... Uh, Uh, didn't provide peace. It provided anxiety. And you know what it did? It provided destruction. Destruction to me and destruction to all those around me. It was only when I finally hit my physical and spiritual limit in 2006, when I was ready to take my own life because I couldn't find that peace, that I found Jesus' loving invitation to be what I had been looking for all along. And maybe you're looking for it today. That night that that God spoke into my my life and he said these words that we're all searching for. We're we're searching for these words, I have more for you. And it wasn't more financial success. It wasn't more uh, wonderful accolades. I have more peace and I have more rest for you. I can now testify that there are no truer words that have ever been spoken in my life and in the word than what the word of Christ said in Matthew, where he said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Looking back, as I, as I made you think about 2022, are you weary? Did the work, the parenting, the sports schedules, family, friends' commitment, family and friends' commitment bring you to your knees last year? Did you grow frustrated in your community group around schedules? Did you feel like the yoke was just too much? I know we're a weary people, Christians. I know there are times when your soul feels the brokenness that is in the world around you. I know there are times when you feel you just couldn't spend another moment caring about that other person that's been put in your life. 
I know there's times where you can't stop, stand to hear about another struggle, about another broken relationship. I know there are times when the loneliness is so heavy that you just, you feel you can't get out of it. I know, because I feel it too. But I know that if we're not continually going to the real source of rest, the one that says, I have more for you, the real source of hope, we will lose those things despite trying to gain that rest through the tips above. I gave you some great tips. We cannot try to do this life without continually returning to our Savior, our hope, our rest, Jesus. What does that look like? It looks like getting with, uh, getting alone, but sometimes it means getting with your community group. It means, like, we need to talk about Jesus because I need to hear about it. We need to make that a priority in our lives for 2023. Look at the disciples. They were out two by two, but then they all came back, and they were all talking about all the wonderful things that they saw. And we as a community team and our, our spouses and everything need to say, man, that's awesome, man. Let me tell you about this. Let's rest. Let's rest, Right? Jesus says it himself. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches, meaning he is the source of life, not you. How many times do we try to be the source? I'm going to make myself feel better. Don't get it backwards. Don't try to be the source. Let Jesus. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. How many of us cut ourselves off from that? How many of us run and run and run and we cut ourselves off from the source and then we get to the end and we hit a wall and we fall on the bed and we're like, what is wrong? Have you gone to the source of true peace? Now to the Christians in the room, abide in your Savior. It's only through him and that 2023 is going to be a year of much fruit, of much peace and of much joy and true transformation that will not only touch your life, but think about the lives around you that will be touched if you have that peace and that joy. Don't fall prey to the false gods of this world. Now to the friends who relate to my story of unbelief. I'm not going to pretend like there's not somebody in here that relates to that story right now in their lives of running and running and running and doing and doing and doing. And you're, I, I can make this happen for myself. I've sat in those chairs just like you are right now, nodding at the preacher saying, yeah, that all sounds great. But then you leave this building and you say, ah, I've got this. To those that have cried out to God like I had in my life, but then never believed and never trusted the promises that were given in the Bible? Man, today I have, I've given some practical tips. You know, take a rest, go away to a desolate place, maybe take a vacation. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, until you answer that pull in your heart, until you answer that ringing that's in your head right now, like, man, I want this peace he's talking about. Until you take the gift of what Jesus came down to this earth 
and died for until you take that, you're never going to have that true rest. You will search and you will search and you will not find that peace. You will not find true rest that our Savior is offering to you right here, right now, today. In all reality, January 1st is no different than December 31st. But what if today, what if today if you're struggling with your belief, what if today if you've never really believed, what if today could be the first day of your walk where you say, I get to walk with the one that says, if you're weary, come to me. If you're heavy laden, come to me. If you need rest, come to me, is what Jesus says. He worked to set you free from the lies of sin by conquering sin on the cross. By his work, by his wounds, all of your sin and failure and shame and anxiety and running and running and wanting rest but not knowing where it is, all of that can be replaced with the unmerited favor of God. Jesus has more peace, more hope, more rest than you will find anywhere else. Why not take that into this new year? Why not make 2023 the year you find rest? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, you are awesome. Lord, as I stand up here and I speak your words, Lord, and I, I think about how I fail at, at resting, Lord, and how I fail at the rocks and the stones that I've put in my life that just keep getting jammed in and jammed in, and I try to jam in more, Lord. I just pray for peace within myself and within this body, Lord, for this coming year. Uh, Lord, you will find uh, a way into our lives, Lord, that we will let you in, that we'll, we'll come to you for that rest. Lord, help us to, to make it a priority to get with you every morning as in a desolate place find that, that day a week where we just, we get away from it, Lord. We get away from the worldly idols that we put in front of us. I pray for peace over this body this year, Lord. 